Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, we talk a lot about the stars and who they are and how they're going to get here and which ones the Lakers have and all that. But more evidence the Lakers have a supporting cast problem. That's next on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, and sometimes on weekends, and particularly when news breaks, Andy, we bring you a fresh Lakers podcast. You can get it never behind a paywall. It's always going to be free. Uh, and in these inflationary times, that's a very important aspect of this show. Brian, uh, I don't want to get political. <laughs> Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you go to get the visuals of all of this and some fun little eye candy and stuff that we th- throw into the uh, show. Eye candy beyond us, of course, um, which is the obvious eye candy. Um, Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Sex sells, Brian. That's right. Um, so... We've spent a lot of time, Andy, on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and uh, uh, the stars and which stars the Lakers have and which ones they don't. Uh, Some odds on a different star popping up in L.A., uh, intriguing trade possibilities that are they likely to happen? No. Are they fun to talk about and kick around some hypotheticals? Yes. And we'll get to that later in the show. Brian, it's my understanding that once our friends at Bet Online. Uh, offer any odds that involve the Lakers, we are obligated to talk about it because A, they are our partners and we want to support mm-hmm. our partners. We want to make this a thriving uh, relationship. Also, it's July and, yes. and we need the content, quite frankly. So thanks to them for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's start here, Andy. You know, Speaking of content, we, we did touch on this a little bit um, on Wednesday's show. The the athletic and Seth Partnow, uh, whose name I have pronounced in 11 different <laughs> ways, um, in the in all the times since yesterday that I've, I've mentioned him, an interesting series. He does this every year at the athletic where he ranks players into tiers. Um, and which I think, generally speaking, this is how you and I talk about guys. Like when I talk about a guy being a top five caliber player, I don't mean literally, is he the fifth best player in the league? I mean, in that group of guys that you can kind of call that a top 15 guy, a top 20 guy. Is he somebody that if you said was top five, would you sound stupid? Whether or not he is literally in my top five or your top five, is he somebody that has any type of business being talked about as a top five, top 10 player? Somebody else may have him 12. But when you're 12, you have business being discussed. Right, because on any given night, the 12th best player in the league might play like the 6th best player in the league. I mean, these are all things, these are all fluid. Exactly. So the way that Seth does it is is smart. He divides players up into tiers. Um, And, you know, the lower the tier... You know, the the tier 1, tier 2 guys are right at the very top of the league. Small group. You get into tier 3, tier 4, tier 5. These groups expand. And couple interesting things came out of this and they're both i think critically important for understanding where the lakers are right now the first one we touched on this on wednesday's show russell westbrook is tier five he's in that group of guys 
that I think it goes from about 80 to about 120, give or take, in, in these uh, in these categories. 125, I think it might be. It is 125. Yeah, and so, you know, without getting deep into his methodology here, and you can argue about some of the numbers, Westbrook is grouped into that sort of final tier of players who don't suck. I mean, there are 400 and something players in the NBA. Yeah, he'd be in, in the, the upper, upper quarter, quarter of the NBA. But you're not a superstar. Um, which is obviously what what Westbrook was brought here to be, and it's what he's being paid to do. Um, when you look at this sort of debate about what Russ is, I know you hate getting into the weeds of like, is he the sixty second? Is he the sixty? But like, when you look at this ranking of what Westbrook is now, do you think that's appropriate? You know, that sort of tier five. I think he's got him at like one fourteen or one twelve. Yeah. Does that sound about right for you in terms of the placement of where Westbrook is in the league in that in that tier five group? Yeah, more or less, because I, I think it is in, in very large part for Russ specifically. He is one of the most talented people in the tier five. But I think also, and this is something we've talked about a lot with with Westbrook that particularly caused problems for the Lakers last year. He is extremely difficult to blend into what you do. And the more his skills begin to deteriorate and that athleticism begins to deteriorate, as we've been seeing is the case with Westbrook over the last few years, much less when the Lakers have him now, the the minuses start to outweigh the pluses, or at mm -hmm. the very least, they become much more magnified. So, yeah, I mean, even if you wanted to say that you think there are too many people ahead of Russell Westbrook in, in this grouping and you think he should be closer to, say, 80, something like that. Okay, fine. I, I don't really care. The problem is with Russ, it becomes very difficult, I think, to start talking about him as a top 60 player in the league, a top 50 player in the league. Just, be, just between the stuff that's eroding and also the fit issues, which really get exacerbated for the Lakers because of what they need from Russ when you take a look at the lack of really established quality players behind Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I, I think, and hold that thought for just a second, because I think that's that's the other part of this that we're going to get to, which to me is 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 almost more important, um, or certainly equally as important as as what you think of Westbrook. Because, you know, and I and I agree with you, with you know, he's broadly in the right category, because especially yeah. when you when you factor in both sides of the ball. I mean, Westbrook is not a good defender. Uh, he has never been a good defender. And while we debate how good a defender he could be, he's never going to be a good one. Um, it's even if if I was like, you know what? I completely disagree. I think Westbrook is a top 50 guy. I think he's 50. Okay. The Lakers traded for him with the idea that he wasn't top 50, that he was top 20, top 25, top, you know, something like that, an all NBA caliber guy. And if he's not that, there is a huge difference. If you're the 50th best player in the NBA, you're, you're excellent. You, you're sort of a fringy all-star. You've got, you know, you are really good, but you're not a superstar and you're not elite. And I just, I, it, it is, it's a reminder to me of the the just the the gross miscalculation that the Lakers made in doing this, that even if you think Seth's rankings and the tiering system is off 
by 50 spots, by 60 spots. Where Westbrook is, is still 25 or 30 places away from where they, where they, where they traded for him to be. And how badly they got this wrong remains stunning, not just based on a fit level, but just based on a totality of what Westbrook is. You know, we, like when we talked about scouting and, and, and a reevaluation of what makes a star a star, who really are the stars and all that kind of stuff, missing all the stuff that he doesn't do well anymore, it still kind of boggles the mind, Andy. Even uh-huh. a year later, it still kind of boggles the mind. Uh, when you mentioned the totality with Westbrook in terms of what he was supposed to represent for this team, but also what he does not provide, a little interesting wrinkle I noticed in that Tier 5, three players pretty either directly linked to the Russell Westbrook trade or you know, tangentially enough connected to the Russell Westbrook trade in the Tier 5, KCP, 105, Kyle Kuzma, 113. Alex Caruso, 118. Meaning, in other words, there were three players in this tier that you either shipped out to get Russell Westbrook or didn't sign because of ramifications from the Russell Westbrook deal. And it speaks to, as we're going to talk about, I believe, in the next segment, the depth issue and the, the, the roster beyond the guys that would either be classified as current stars or still thought of as stars because of the status they built up over the course of their right. career. Those three guys jumped out immediately to me. It will it will make some fans happy to know Montrose Harrell is apparently in tier six. <laughs> or he's unranked. Or um, or there's concerns over the weed chart. That's the kind of that's the kind of thing that'll make a guy just want to sit down and get high if you don't end up in, in that tier five. It Man. is never a good thing, Andy, when when two of the guys that you trade for uh, a player are ranked above the player mm-hmm. that you acquired in a deal. Um, mm-hmm. And Caruso, obviously, all three of those guys together, it should be noted, do not make as much money as Russell Westbrook will this year. Kudos to KCP, by the way, who got a $30 million extension on Wednesday from the Denver Nuggets, who he was traded to earlier in the offseason. But let's talk about that depth issue. Good dude. We like was, KCP. Oh, yeah. It was, it's, it's good to see this sort of working out for him. Uh, given the circumstances that brought him to LA, which was a totally botched contract negotiation. So um, the other part of these rankings that that are important for Lakers fans is, Andy, as you touched on the depth issue, there is not another Laker in that top 125. Um, that is problematic. Um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on where you think the next Laker would even land on a full league ranking uh, because that tells the story of of last year's team and certainly potentially this year's team as well. We'll do it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the Built Bar slash bakers slash scientists slash geniuses groundbreakers over at the company. Never stop finding new ways to spin forward their creations. They took the instant classic, the coconut brownie chunk, added some marshmallows, and boom, you got yourself a coconut brownie chunk puff. It's the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar that you love, you've grown to just absolutely devour this thing, but they added marshmallow. It's always, as usual, covered in the 100% real chocolate, but it's good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and as always, made with the collagen protein that your body absorbs more efficiently, gives you great health benefits. It's a great snack. 
for just a craving or if you need something really quick, something that tastes good, it'll satisfy you. Go to Built.com right now. Make sure you don't miss out on these coconut brownie chunk puffs. You can get a box of them right now. Just I call them chuffs. <laughs> they don't, Brian. It's very important that we call it what the Built people call it, the coconut brownie chunk built puffs. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. So I, I asked this question a lot. Uh, it was a question I asked a lot last year, Andy. It is a question I will continue to ask uh, frequently this year, particularly if the Lakers are unable to make any trades for depth um, uh, and, and bring in more players. You know, Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. Kyrie Irving or something like multiple players uh, in, in a potential deal. Um, who is their fourth best player? Whew. Right now, is, I mean, last year it turned into I, I would think well, most people would say Malik Monk, right? Was the the fourth best player? Yeah, I would say team? on balance he was their their fourth best player, and he was in the top half, I think, of the league. Yeah, but yeah. When you kind of put it all together, yeah. So I mean, he got a raise, hefty raise. Who is the fourth best player on the current Lakers roster? <sighs> It's an interesting question. Bunk, I mean, for what it's worth, it's not appear in the tier system, so you didn't get that much of a bump. But no. Uh, but anyway, no, well, go go ahead. Got a pay bump. Um, yeah. It could be Kendrick Nunn. I mean, it's it's it's. I think Kendrick Nunn. You know, he certainly was slated last year to be one of the most player, important players on that team, and unfortunately, didn't end up playing a single minute for them. They paid Tht like he was going to be that guy. And they certainly gave him the responsibilities of your fourth most important player, your fourth best player. And he was not close to ready for that. Maybe he actually takes that leap forward this coming season. I mean, both of us have emphasized the idea that we think THT is talented. He's really inexperienced. And it is not his fault that the Lakers put him in a position that really they should have known internally he was not ready for. Right. But I guess it would either be THT, Kendrick Nunn. If you're looking purely from a scoring basis, maybe Lonnie Walker. If you're thinking about it in maybe a you know, jack of all trades, master of none light, Austin Reeves. I mean, you here's can make what's an, you can make an argument, I think, for any of those guys. Um, and I, and I let me preface this by saying I do not mean this um, as like a slam on any of these guys, because I think league average is actually you know, like that's an important milestone to hit. Being league average is good, and if you you're are a good player, right, you're a good player, and you know teams half the league is below average. How many of those guys that you? that you named do you think most basketball observers would 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 obviously put in a tier above league average even if it's just like a little above league average but like are are solidly oh yeah that guy's definitely above average relative to the rest of the league i think if i think if they're healthy all four of the guys that i mentioned really? would be cons yeah i do mm -hmm. i think they would be considered League average level players. No, at, I say, but like, I mean, right. I have to say, league at average. Lowest, okay. I mean, at, better. I, because I don't think they'd be, I, I personally you know would not put any of those guys in a category of, of better than that. I think they, I think average is about where you can put them. 
with maybe the potential to break through. You know what? But I I think I think if you are maybe, league average, maybe I, none. I, I, maybe none. I don't know. I mean, I think Walker can be. I think THT can be. I think, you know, THT the last week that, you know, that of the regular season, he played like a guy that was well above league average. You know, I mean, he didn't do it consistently on a, on a regular basis, but, you know, he has shown flashes of being far above a, a league average player. The The problem to me is whether you are, you know, somewhat above league average or league average can be really fluid. Uh-huh. I The issue to me isn't whether or not they're somewhat above league average or league average. To me, the issue is the gap makes it so that's not good enough Regardless of how you pay. Well, the worst part about the Westbrook deal to me is still that they put themselves on this treadmill where it's nothing but one year deals and nothing but, you know, and and the exception and very little access to young talent and all these other things because they don't have their picks and, and, and so on and so forth. They, they have, they've left themselves so few ways to get the 122nd best player in the league, <laughs> you know, uh, another version of that, instead of paying 47 million, paying nine or 10, that that is going to be a massive issue for them um, in terms of how they compete this year. I just, I don't, the, the, the rest of this roster is not even close to good enough to me when you look at the competition in the West. Well, I mean, to put this in perspective, when you start going through the the tiers that Seth Partnow, at least we think that's how you say it, put together, like no. for tier five, for tier five guys, the Clippers have Reggie Jackson, Robert Covington, Norm Powell, Marcus Morris. The Mavericks have Spencer Din- Dinwiddie, Maxi Kleber. Suns have Jay Crowder, Cameron Johnson. Timberwolves have only D'Angelo Russell, but then they have two guys, two or three guys who are going to be tier three, tier two, tier one. Right. Anthony uh, Edwards and, and uh, Gobert and Carl Anthony and Towns Carl Anthony Towns are going to be somewhere be well between, above that. Yeah. They're going to be between tier three and tier one uh, Denver. When you get into tier four, they've got Michael Porter Jr. And Aaron Gordon. Uh, and as we mentioned, they've got KCP in the tier five golden state. They've got Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins in tier four to say nothing about the guys, you know, that are going to be above that. The Pelicans in tier four have, Brandon Ingram, who is at just the he's just below a tier three guy by Seth's ratings. Right, which, which by just tier three, just as a frame of reference, puts you in the top 40. Yeah. And plus Herb Jones and Jonas uh Jonas Valanciunas. And the the point being, like those other teams have just so many more of these upper end, you know, top quarter of the league players to complement the superstars that they have. Mm-hmm. Like to me, when I started just looking at team representation in Seth's ratings, that's where it really jumped out. Like, damn, like that is a stark difference between what the Lakers have and certainly two guys that are going to be at minimum tier two, if not one in tier two, one in tier one. Right. But as we always say, that just puts so much pressure on either LeBron and AD to carry the day for the Lakers to swing some type of deal or for one or two of these guys minimum to really take consistent steps forward. Yeah, I just, you know, to 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 kind of wrap it up with Westbrook, like the Lakers did this and they it was sort of with the idea that that LeBron and AD would be 
tier one. You could put it top 10 guys, you know, top five even caliber players. And Westbrook would be probably, you know, I think in their minds, no worse than top 20. Um, top and 30. something, whatever it is. And Westbrook's not even close. Davis has underperformed and every every step down that the stars take from that only makes the problem with the rest of that roster having none of that middle class those other players that are really good and above average and you know the 75th best player in the league it makes that 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 absence that much more problematic it also speaks to why Brian all the people who say well if they can't trade Russ just don't even bring in them into training camp. Send them home. Like they can't afford to do that. Nope. Like Westbrook is still one of their most talented players. Fit right. issues, attitude issues, all that stuff aside, by far one of their most talented players. They cannot and, afford to do that. And you can't. It's not like they gain anything from like tanking or something. It's like what you know. You 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 don't tank. They can't tank. They don't control their own pick. So um, this brings up an interesting. Sort of what do you do with it hypothetical? Donovan Mitchell reportedly on Wednesday actually is now on the trading block. Utah had said before that he wasn't. Now they are saying that he is, um, or at least are listening to offers, according to Woj. Um, the Knicks are the clubhouse leader. But you'll never guess where our friends at Bet Online put the Lakers, and that got Andy thinking about some potential Donovan Mitchell slash Utah hypotheticals that gets to the question that we've been discussing throughout the first two seconds of the show, and we'll do it next. All right. Um, the Lakers have a star problem. The Lakers have a depth problem. Donovan Mitchell, according to the folks at Bet Online, our friends, 9-1 to one to land in Los Angeles. So not a big chance necessarily, but not a 0% chance. Talking over 10%. They gave it uh, better odds than a lot of other teams across the league. Um Again, it always speaks to the power of the Lakers in the rumor mill anytime a right. superstar is potentially available. Knicks at one-to-one -one right now, and they, they seem to be the team that's getting the most interest. Um, I kind of giggled at this one because I, I you know, I, the, the, the idea that the Lakers could put something together that Utah would find appealing enough to take Donovan Mitchell and be like, yes, let's send him to L.A., send Donovan Mitchell, their star, to the Lakers. Like this, it's, you know, it's one thing to trade Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. Yes, I understand they are a conference rival. To send Donovan Mitchell to the Lakers? I mean, those folks in Salt Lake are salty. <laughs> those Utah Brian, fans. They're Brian, not going to like that. It's not just the fans in Utah. We're talking about Danny Ainge sending, yes. sending Send Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell to rescuing the Lakers. The Lakers by sending him Donovan Mitchell yes. in a Russell Westbrook trade. It would, just, it would really speak to, Brian, the power of the friendship between uh, team minority owner Dwayne Wade and LeBron. Yeah. Like, that's when you really know those guys are tight, man. People say Jerry West orchestrated the Pau Gasol deal um, from Memphis, despite the fact that he was not actually working there. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, those are, those are like, you know, those are blood brothers, man. Yeah. So you, you, you did put together a potential Donovan Mitchell package here. This you know, is about the, the best the Lakers could do. Um, yes. Um, the, and first of all, I, I want to preface this, uh, all of this we're saying that both of us think the odds of the Jazz accepting these deals are low. The reason well, I started thinking about this, this one, for well, sure. I, yeah, but I mean, the reason I started thinking about this is, A, you know, 
I love me a thought experiment. But B, I also I also really think this just from the Lakers' perspective. In this deal that I have proposed, the Lakers would be giving their best possible offer with Russ, THT, if they want a young player to develop, Kendrick Nunn, both of the 27 and 20, 29 picks unprotected, no protections of any kind. Um, I just can't put that on the trade machine. Plus, they would be looking to clean all of Utah's books. They would get Donovan Mitchell, but they would also take Mike Conley and the $47 million that he is owed for the next two years, 33 of which is guaranteed. Only 14 mil is guaranteed for the final year. But either way, they take Mike Conley's money. They take the $27 million that Jordan Clarkson is owed over the next two years. He's got a $14 million player option in 2024. You which... thought the homecoming for Thomas Bryant was fun. Let's bring Jordan yeah. Clarkson back to Oh, yeah. Open Let's up those DMs, this. baby. <laughs> a lot of DMs, a lot of Insta models. are going to be very excited about that one. Um, Somewhere Jordan, guessing... Jordan Clarkson's ears are tingling. <laughs> just, just so wait a minute. So, am I going back to L.A.? Like, how is this happening? His spidey sense is going. Yeah, I, I am guessing he would pick up that option. Uh, Rudy Gay has a little bit of money owed in 2024, $6.5 million, but if they want to get rid of it, they can. They could also sub in Bogdanovich, who's owed 19 and a half this coming season. Patrick Beverly, $13 million this coming season. One or both of them screw around the parameters of it. But basically, you are giving the Lakers, I mean, giving the Jazz everything you possibly can in terms of talent, in terms of the return, but also just cleaning their books to the best possible uh, – capabilities um forget whether or not utah would do this right forget it i mean the answer for the lakers is if you could get this done and get donovan mitchell and and useful players in return the, the this is an obvious yes um i think for you know for the lakers um you know a a, a rising player even if you don't think mitchell is ever going to reach that elite elite tier he's still really good and he's still really young um you get a couple useful players like this to me is a no-brainer yes for the lakers the stuff you did, though, they would lose Brian their cap flexibility in 2023. Oh, also, yes, the precious cap flexibility. They uh, would also yeah. lose the ability to control a draft pick until roughly 2090. <laughs> 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 um, the, the next idea I had, though, was and also this is this 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 gets to something more intriguing from a philosophical standpoint. We right. were talking about it's, stars, and we talked about Westbrook and how good he is, and we talked about the Lakers' problem with having zero depth. Yeah, so let's entertain the idea, Brian, that the Lakers can't get Donovan Mitchell because they can't put together an even close to good package. I, I don't know, but I, for the sake of the segment, I will yes, yes and my way through it. This is the Lakers picking up the pieces for Utah after the Mitchell deal for depth. They would trade Russ, Kendrick Nunn, and or THT with Stanley Johnson and or Wayne and Gabriel, depending on the math, depending on what Utah wants, you know, if THT and Nunn both go out, et cetera. They definitely take Conley and Clarkson for the reasons I talked about the money before and some combination of Bogdanovich, Patrick Beverly, Rudy Gay, and you just, again, clean all of their books, but you don't have to give up any picks for this. So it starts turning into a question of whether or not Russell Westbrook also goes out in this deal. Whether or not you would rather try to move Russell Westbrook for Kyrie or maybe a different disgruntled star down the road, or you would rather have LeBron and AD 
but much better depth because you're essentially you're taking on Utah's supporting cast, which yes, never helped fuel deep playoff runs, but they are theoretically better right, set they up. They got them to fifty plus wins, right? Right. And you know, and you look at there are other ways, and you, you know, people you know watching on on YouTube can see it. There, there, the point of what you did is there are a lot of different ways you can mix and match yes. players off the Lakers roster and players off Utah's roster. But the the question that you're really asking is that one about depth versus a star and if you know the, the the Kyrie thing is is obviously intriguing because he is Kyrie and you know if if you could get him here you got to pay attention to that but we also don't know the if or when that's going to happen you know even if you don't believe Kyrie saying this week that uh, he actually wants to stay in Brooklyn now that he, he once he extended that you know picked up that option Andy he was a net and he was dedicated to being a net mm-hmm. uh, even if you don't believe him I don't believe him. Uh, there's still the matter of like Brooklyn may not end up making a trade until they trade Durant anyway. And if they try to trade Kyrie um, to improve themselves to make Durant even happier, you can't trade. That's not a Westbrook deal. That's somewhere else. So that trade may never happen. And if you told me tomorrow that I could get this done where I'm trading for four legitimate rotation players, five rotation players, whatever it is. How and, and I'm sending out THT, who is an inferior to, I think, all of the guys that Utah could send. Um, I'm sending out um, you know, Kendrick Nunn, who's maybe on the level of a couple of those guys, but probably a step below. And two, you know, good stories in Gabriel, a good story in Johnson. Stanley Johnson. But those are fringy NB, you know, fringy rotation players. If I could do that, I would do it in a heartbeat. And yeah. I don't care that it, it it bleeds into my cap space for next year because Jordan Clarkson, especially on the last year of his deal, is very tradable. Um, you know, these are productive NBA players. Pat Beverly, who wants to play in LA um, anyway, uh, all that kind of stuff. I would do that trade in a heartbeat, even if it cost me my, my um, cap space, some of my cap space, my easily accessed cap space. Doesn't mean they can't create it. And even honestly, even if it co- maybe even cost me a pick, or like I, depending on how what the parameters are, I would even consider a pick as part of this. If you know, if I got back genuine depth from Utah, from Indiana, or one of these teams, I would absolutely do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I I would start out trying to keep the picks just because it gives you a better ability to try to make other deals down the oh, road. Of course, of course, but, of but course. theoretically, yeah, you could add a pick to that, and then you're talking about a team with LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, Thomas Bryant, Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown Jr., Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and some combination of Patrick Beverly, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Bogdanovich. Right. It's a pretty damn good team. It's much. It's certainly better than the one they have now, or maybe it's Rudy Gay, or like if you could somehow pride Jared Vanderbilt uh, uh, from from Utah. I, I yeah. don't think they would do that. I but also like, I'm not. I I didn't include those guys just because I wasn't sure about like the timing, like of the it rules. So they, like just they just got, got traded. traded, right? Um, but you know, Pat Bev, you, you threw him in, but like some the the it's less about the individual players and more about the quality of the players. You know, Clarkson is a flawed guy, but he's an excellent sixth man. He won the award. They gave it away for him. You know, Conley is a declining player, but he's still good. Um, you know, Bogdanovich is still a good player. I'm not sure I'd want to pay him 
20 million in perpetuity, but I do it for a couple years if I'm trying to win right now. The Lakers need more good players. And that group that we talked about, like the that's between 70 and 150, adding four of those guys for the price of Russell Westbrook and a couple, I put them lower dudes and like THD or Kendrick Nunn, that improves the Lakers significantly, significantly. Um, whether it is Utah or Indiana or a team like that. I think I think this becomes kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, the only downside of this is it would be funnier to somehow get Patrick Beverly on this team while Russell Westbrook is still on it because yes. they hate each other. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, as, as long as you're already dealing with destructive issues with Russ, you might as well just go ham with this thing. Maybe they maybe they're just playing together would allow them to somehow like – you know, fuse their weird energies together in a way that uh, becomes unstoppable. It, but um, it might be a good way to get Russ to ask to be released from his contract. That is true. Um, I, uh, but I'm glad you put that together. It's just an interesting. It's an interesting way of thinking about this because I, 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 the the sort of the new roster construction in the NBA and the new way of looking at 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 what has value and the value of a guy like KCP. Um, and, and stuff like that on winning teams, especially is something that I think the Lakers are a little behind in and, uh, have to catch up and unfortunately have very few mechanisms to do that. Even if they do kind of understand what's going on these days, um, tomorrow on the program, we've got a great show for you. We've mentioned Lonnie Walker a few times. Jeff Garcia from locked on Spurs is going to join us with a scouting report on Lonnie Walker. We spend the entire show really talking about him. Um, and uh, then a little bit of the mechanics of Westbrook uh, to San Antonio, which is uh, has been rumored out there, and why the Spurs might or may not be able to or be willing to do that. But again, this is a big Lonnie Walker show. We'll find out why the Spurs let him go and um, what the Lakers might look forward to with him this year. So that's tomorrow with Jeff Garcia. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you go to get the show a little bit early on uh, many non-game nights, and we'll see everybody Friday.